welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I'm the host of this weekly broadcast put on by SPED Homeschool as well as its founder and CEO. We at SPED Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges. And I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and support that we offer families. And um, I'm excited today to have one of the SPED Homeschool board members on, Dr. Jan Vidal. Welcome, Jan. Thanks for coming back on the show. (laughs) It's great to be able to um, offer some encouragement today. Yes. Yeah. And we're kicking off a new month. So um, last month we were talking about medical challenges and it was a pretty heavy month. Um, And so we decided to follow up this month with some cheap, free um, resources that you can use in your homeschool, especially to help a struggling learner. And um, I just want to encourage you to be part of this conversation. I see that we already have um, one viewer on YouTube already saying hi, Karasu. Hi, thanks um, for joining us. And um, if you have any other questions or comments throughout our, our discussion this hour, we just want to encourage you to put those in the feed. If you are watching where you said reserve my spot, just know that you need to go to the YouTube channel link to do that and comment on YouTube. You can't comment on that platform and we, well, you can, but we won't see it and make it part of our conversation. And if you're watching our Facebook page, we'll be able to see that too. But if you're watching in the Facebook group, um, our support group, just know that you have to give Facebook or um, privileges to share your your identity. Um, otherwise, your comment is going to come up as anonymous or not at all. Um, so so make sure you go through that that little process or just flip to our our main um, page to make comments. So um, just some logistics about if you're watching live. Um, and I know many of you are listening on the podcast or or watching this after it's recorded. And I I thank you for doing that. Um, so, so Jan, we're kicking off this um, this theme, but we're going to be talking about neurodevelopmental strategies that um, that help with student success. And I um, I know when we first talked about this, you know, sometimes we think about free things as just free what we can get, but we don't think about those things that we can do to help underlying issues, so we don't spend as much money and um, that's that's what I'm excited to talk about today with you. And so um, just to help our audience get to know you better, if they've never, never met you or know anything about you, I'd just love for you to, to share a little bit about your background and um, why you're so passionate um, in this area with helping families as well as just um, your excitement about neurodevelopmental strategies overall. Okay, well, that's a uh, long 30-year journey. Uh, But uh, you were right about uh, me being um, passionate about um, this this topic because Mm. it helped me. So basically, Mm. you know, going back 30 years or so, uh, (laughs) we I I was uh, where a lot of your viewers are. I had Mm. a special needs child and she was really struggling I had um, homeschooled her for five years with a traditional approach because mm. I was an educated teacher, certified teacher. Right. <laughs> so that's all I knew to do is mm-hmm. uh, educate her the way I was taught. Yeah. Well, I was about to give up at uh, that point at five years because um, she wasn't really making progress. Um, mm. I didn't know what to do. So uh, you know how uh, God tends to come in and yes. rescue you when you're at the end of your <laughs> at your uh, your rope. Well, that's what happened with me. He mm. showed me the neurodevelopmental approach and asked me to um, commit to another year of homeschooling mm. uh, with a different approach. Hmm. And um, I tell you, it was very challenging because. The things I had done and learned and mm-hmm. thought were the things that were going to uh, be be the thing that was going to make a difference. Mm. Um, it was just turned upside down. So wow. I had to really change my paradigm and mm. think differently because, uh, you know, I was I was pretty desperate. So I was open to that. <laughs> right. That's amazing how but, desperation does that. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it was challenging, though, because, you know, it just went counter 
to mm-hmm. what I had been uh, been taught. Right. So basically, the neurodevelopmental approach is how to build the foundation of brain function so that the mm-hmm. learning can, you know, happen easier. That's what right. it's all based on. So. You know, most of us are focused on curriculum. That's what I was focused on, Mm -hmm. you know, how to teach phonics to to my daughter, that kind of thing um, with a certain curriculum. And Mm -hmm. what I've found that um, affects a lot of homeschoolers and costs them a lot of money Mm -hmm. is if they believe that this is the only way to teach reading, for instance, phonics. Right. Then they just go from one, buying one phonics program to the next, to the next, to the next. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, what I found out was that um, if the child's auditory processing is not where it should be, hmm. then phonics is going to be very challenging or not hmm. work at all. Wow. So what I found out is I've got to work on those foundational skills. That's what's neurodevelopment teaches you Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. foundation has to be built before the function can come. Yeah. So um, that's what we did. We changed what we were doing and it made all the difference Mm. for my daughter. Then I started um, training in this field and, um, you know, basically God said, just take a left right here. Uh, There's more people that need to know about that Uh, than you. mm -hmm. And I want you to tell them. So that's basically hmm. been our mission um, yeah. ever since. So just um, so that we make sure that um, we don't skip this topic, which I'm sure we're going to come back to it, mm-hmm. but um, the auditory processing uh, and yep. visual processing, that's your short-term memory. Hmm. And I have a free test kit yes. that um, I understand you have the link. Um, yep. Well, actually, you go to our homepage. It's not... Um, just a particular link, but if you go to brainsprints.com mm-hmm. and then go scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see free auditory test kit. Mm-hmm. And that's a free resource that um, your listeners can yes. um, use and see where their child is. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when you know um, about that particular um, aspect of your child's development, Mm-hmm. You will know um, it, things will start making sense mm-hmm. because when you uh, have a child that's low processing, mm-hmm. they're they're actually developmentally more like a younger child. Oh. So it huh. takes a lot of frustration out mm-hmm. of your interaction with your child if you go, you know, oh, yeah. instead of saying. Um, you're 12, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you why are you doing, doing this? Exactly. Yeah, this, that, or the <laughs> other. And if you find out if they that they're low processing, mm-hmm. then you go, aha, that's why. And so it reduces yeah. the frustration hmm. uh, a lot because, right. you know, you're 12, you should be able to stay on task. You know, you're mm-hmm. 12, you should be able to remember your chores, uh-huh. um, you know, things like that. So um, that's one thing that um, I just really want to encourage your listeners Mm -hmm. that's a part of the neurodevelopment um, is working on that short-term memory, both auditory and visual, Mm. and then they can bring in more more information. So there's some, uh, that free test kit, and then there's Mm -hmm. some simple little tools that we have on uh, very inexpensive little tools on our website. Mm-hmm. that help in those uh, areas to to build that skill. Great. Yeah. And if you're listening again, the, the website is brainsprints.com. And um, I'm sure we'll be talking about it again um, in throughout this uh, this broadcast too, because Jan has so many good resources <laughs> and writes so many great blogs for our website as well. <laughs> But um, but yeah, well, thank you for yeah giving that overall picture, um, especially, you know, as people are starting to listen to this uh, podcast, they're going, do I want to hang on? I, I hope you want to hang on because um, Jan has a lot to share and um, all of her things just are are so wonderful. And um, she has so much wisdom to share. And so so, you know, where where did the neurodevelopmental approach come from and in the whole 
the whole basis of thinking. It's it's not, I'm assuming it's not to replace curriculum in essence. Or well, is it just a different approach to actually teaching? I guess or, it's I guess it's both. Hmm. Because um, you know, there's some fundamental things like the keys, uh, what we call the three keys to learning, which mm. is frequency, intensity, and duration. So um, to help your listeners understand that, mm-hmm. it's frequency is how many times a child needs to hear something to be able to really have it. Oh, okay. you know, we'd like to just mm-hmm. tell them one time and they've got it, right? Because right limited time for uh-huh. homeschoolers. <laughs> but um, they really are going to have to hear it multiple times. Hmm. And then intensity is how strong that information comes in. Hmm. So for example, you know, if you just sit your child down with uh, a lesson for math, for instance, mm-hmm. and you are giving them um, the instruction, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the input on how to do a certain thing, you know, maybe a, a math concept or something. Mm-hmm. And then you go off and leave them with uh, that page right. in front uh-huh. of them. <laughs> Oftentimes the intensity goes way down at that point, oh, especially yes. if their processing is low. Hmm. So just a, a, a real tip on how neurodevelopment this frequency, intensity, and duration works. Mm-hmm. If you, we found that if you stay there with your child doing a math lesson, for instance, mm-hmm. for say eight to 10 minutes, and you do a problem, they do a problem. Yeah. You do a problem, they do a problem. Mm-hmm. Now you think so many people are like, isn't that cheating to, to <laughs> right. sit there and do their math? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> But what we're really talking about here is giving input Mm. with intensity. So if you do the problem for them, it takes all the pressure off of them doing it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, sometimes those books, they give you the lesson and they teach it to you one time and they expect you to know it. Right. Well, if they see it Mm -hmm. several times, then it's so much easier for them. Right. So what we found is it actually, and, you know, some people say, well, I don't have eight to 10 minutes to sit here with this child on math, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I got stuff to do, diapers to change and clothes mm-hmm. to wash. And right. so um, what we found is it actually saves time mm, because let's think point. of it. Yep. If they get their page done and mm-hmm. then you've got all these Uh, mistakes on the page right you Mm -hmm. go back to them and you and you have to go over all those mistakes yep and the Mm -hmm. child's defeated and their their attitude is bad because they don't want to you know get it wrong right and (laughs) so you spend a lot more time with the emotional and the correction Mm -hmm. than you would if you just sat there and did it does that make sense yeah yeah it does Yes, it's it's the the planning, it's the beforehand instead of, you know, picking up the pieces afterwards. And then they learn it wrong, too. And then you have to correct that. And it, it ends up being even more work to undo yes. what they have done. That's exactly that's exactly it. So um, with that frequency, you're showing them several times they're mm-hmm. doing it, you know, after you. And that intensity is you're sitting right there with them. Mm-hmm. And you can catch the mistake before it even happens. Right. You know, yes. getting into yep. it. And mm-hmm. then we suggest a very short duration, just a short periods of time mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of, you know, the child sitting there uh, for 30 minutes and you go back to check on them and they're upside down on the chair playing, um, <laughs> right. you know, making a fuzzball out of the carpet. <laughs> yeah, that yes, so, exactly. Because the time went too long. So mm-hmm. as far as neurodevelopment, you know, there's techniques mm-hmm. and then there's curriculum that I've developed um, based on the um, those techniques, frequency, mm-hmm. intensity, and duration. But also 
the main part of neurodevelopment is getting that brain working optimally. Hmm. Okay. So if, uh, if you think of it like this analogy where um, you've got a computer mm-hmm. and it's a pretty nice computer, got a high speed, it's got good uh, memory and all that. Mm-hmm. But if you hook up that computer to DSL like we have, I used to say dial up, but right. <laughs> most of, most, most of people our, don't have that anymore. <laughs> yeah, they they probably have not experienced that. Most of our our homeschoolers that are homeschoolers today, but yes. you know, those were the days. You know? Oh yes, uh-huh. my husband and I were talking about that tone, and my daughter looked at us like, "What?" <laughs> she goes, "Oh, don't isn't that like something you just hear on like a phone ring?" I guess they have no, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. no, no. So. So if you're on DSL with that computer, mm-hmm. is it going to work as well as if you were on high-speed internet? Right. Mm-hmm. You see the difference? Yes. Nothing changed about that computer. It's still mm-hmm. as smart as it ever was, mm-hmm. but it's not working efficiently. Right. So that's what neurodevelopment is all about. It's building that foundation in the brain mm-hmm. so that... Um, the function is better. <clears throat> Got it. So yes. I can give you another example yeah, uh, in a different area. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're wanting to have your your child um, write correctly. You know, hold their pencil right mm-hmm. and make one. those mm-hmm. yeah make those letters the way you want them. Well, what if? <clears throat> The pathways are not built from their brain to their hand Hmm. and their their hand feels like fluff. Hmm. That's actually how one child described it. You know, the teacher was wanting them to make this certain letter, you know, uh, and, and write well. And he said, how can I do that when when my hand just feels like fluff? Hmm. So when you build the pathway from the brain to the hand, then the function can follow. And mm. that's that's another way of taking the frustration down out of your homeschool mm. and is just um, not expecting something to happen that the brain is not, you know, in the in the body, that connection is not there. Right. So there's there's lots of different ways that you can build that particular con- connection. It's <laughs> it's really pretty easy. Really? You, yeah. You mash on the child. <laughs> you mash on their fingers. You huh. mash on their hand. Mm-hmm. You mash on their arm. And this is done also with frequency, intensity, and hydration. You know, several hmm. times a um, a couple of times a day for maybe a minute from huh. their fingertips to their shoulder, um, mashing on them. Mm-hmm. Well, every time you do that, it sends a, um, information to the brain. Oh, this hmm. is my finger. This is my arm. And mm-hmm. it's actually building the pathway that they need to be able to write. Oh, wow. Yeah, I suppose they, they just haven't had the activities necessary to to locate that um in with their bodies and space and and all of that yes there's there's lots of things we do culturally Mm. that uh cause that kind of thing to happen to for them to just miss those little steps Hmm. so um yeah it's interesting um i don't know I've got so much to share. I don't know for sure which direction to go. <laughs> Wherever you feel led, we're going to go that direction. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. if you got something to share, share it. <laughs> well, you know, we what we found is that we've become a very visual society. So our mm-hmm. auditory is going way down. Yes. And we also see that culturally, we have so many gadgets to put our infants in. It's mm. almost like... You're not a good parent if you don't have one of these and one of those and one of something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and it's also at culturally the the grandparents aren't saying to their their children with with um with their children, 
put that baby on the floor. You know, mm-hmm. don't hold them all the time. Don't put right. them in that sling. Mm-hmm. Don't carry them around all the time. They need to be moving around. Yeah. Um, they're, um, you know, we're even doing things like always having the infant sleep on their side because um, of the sudden death, sudden infant death syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think that that is, is the, the cause. Mm-hmm. And so they're not on their stomach getting that information. Just think of an infant on right. their stomach mm-hmm. rubbing against the um, material. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you see, they were getting information to their brain about yeah. their arms and legs mm-hmm. just by doing that. Right. And so there's so many things that hmm. culturally have changed that have caused the development to go down. Right. Yep. That a lot of children are struggling. And mm. the the cool thing about it is it's never too late to get that information awesome. back to the brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, God has given us such a gift. And um, neurodevelopment is based on plasticity of the brain. Huh. Yeah. It, it, so explain you, explain that. I know what it is because I've talked to you. I, I learned it from you. <laughs> <laughs> but but maybe some of my viewers don't know what that that is, and I know even when you spell it, not many word word um, spell programs even like that word. <laughs> yes, but yes, because it's so plasticity is where the brain can grow and change based on input. Hmm. So that's why we keep going back to the input, just like yeah. the physical input of pressing. Mm-hmm. On their arms, there's auditory input, uh, visual input, there's movement kind of um, input right. that starts to organize the brain and change the way the brain is um, wired. Basically, mm. it's changing the wiring of the brain. Right. Yeah. And when you do that, the function just starts to come up. It's mm. It's just amazing how that happens. So instead of struggling with a curriculum and going from one curriculum to the next to the next because right. it's not working for your child, hmm. um, then you you build that foundation and things start to work better. Yeah. I guess another example of that is is this um, the thing about uh, learning styles that have come up mm, um, mm-hmm. and kind of segmenting how your uh teaching your child because you think they just have this learning style and they have to be taught, you know, right. Kinesthetically, mm-hmm. which is the most inefficient way <laughs> of learning something, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're doing a math problem uh, or learning to read, if you have to hold it and feel mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. it takes a lot more time and effort. So right. what we try to help people understand is, you want to be good in all learning styles um, because mm-hmm. some information's mm-hmm. better come comes in uh, auditorily, some information comes in better visually, and some mm-hmm. comes in better kinesthetically. So right. you want all of those working to their optimum. Mm. So, like for instance, um, math um, concepts, we believe it's better coming in visually. And that's why we say you show it to them. Mm-hmm. You don't say much. You just show them. Yeah. And um, with um, the auditory, the things that come in better auditory, one of those is math facts. Mm. So um, when you uh, just think about it, when you see or hear six plus two, mm-hmm. you tend to hear eight in your brain. Yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's better to, mm-hmm. for that to come in auditorily. Now, it can come okay. in all the different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do with our um, rapid recall system, mm-hmm. where the child sees and hears and says and writes mm-hmm. uh, five math facts 14 times a day. Mm-hmm. It only takes six minutes, going back to that frequency, intensity, and duration. Right. Um, but... They, um, I just totally lost my uh, train of thought. Um, 
you, they hear it very often mm-hmm. or they hear themselves say it or they mm-hmm. hear mm-hmm. someone else say it with some intensity. That's what right. I was trying to go with okay. to um, bring it in that best channel. Uh-huh. Um, so the, one of the free resources that I have for you, too, is that um, what we call math facts assessment. It's a mm-hmm. free assessment. You can just download it and it has the instructions and everything there so that you can kind of know where your child is in uh, their math facts Mm. based on their grade level. So Mm. it'll say, you know, first graders should be able to do math facts in one minute about to this level. Okay. Or uh, if they're in sixth grade, they should be able to do um, the, the speed and accuracy should be about this level. Hmm. So that's something that they can use um, to kind of see, well, do I need help here or is it um, not such a big issue? Right. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's something that that they can um, use. Right. And And I will put that link in the YouTube description after the show so that you can you can get to that. That's a. Um, a really good free resource that that mm. you can use, and then, um, you know, some of the children um, are behind in math. Many of mm-hmm. them, <laughs> yeah, especially the ones that that are um, coming to Sped for uh, mm-hmm. for help. And uh, what I've found is, oftentimes, people feel like they have to go through a whole curriculum, you know, take Mm -hmm. them back to a couple of years or something, go Mm -hmm. through the whole curriculum at that level to um, get up to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. But what we found is um, working with this concept of visual circle math, that's another um, Mm -hmm. low cost kind of, yes, Mm -hmm. it's a low cost uh, product that can actually help um, describe that strategy and give the the family tools mm-hmm. to bring them up on their concepts right. that will be quick. It will it will come up quickly mm-hmm. instead of taking a whole year to go through this curriculum and then oh my gosh we have to go through this other curriculum right yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. because what we found is in the other areas other than concepts you know what mm-hmm. I mean by concepts. Addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, mm-hmm. those are the basic concepts. Right. In addition to those, you've got time and temperature and, mm-hmm. you know, measurement and all those kind of things. But right. they're repeated every year mm-hmm. in those curriculums. So it's not like you have to go, and there's just a little bit in each of those curriculums about those things. Right. So yep. you don't really have to go back and do a full curriculum. It's more mm-hmm. expensive to do mm-hmm. that and yeah. takes a lot more time as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be able to get to the bottom of what's causing mm-hmm. the issues. And and it's amazing how kids can transfer that once those, those base skills are there, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like the, the reading, you know, you, you get, you get a few of those, those neurodevelopmental pathways there and then all of a sudden you use the same curriculum you had before and it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it so. is amazing like that. That's that's what happened to me actually with my my daughter. I had spent five years trying to teach her to read with phonics. Hmm. And um I mean she knew every sound of O U G H. She could, you know, all right. 70 phonograms, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But bless her heart, she could not hold the pieces of information together oh, yeah. um, because of her processing was so low. Hmm. So she could do three letter words. But after that, it was just like, oh, I don't have a clue. She couldn't hmm. because phonics is an auditory approach and you have to hold this sound, this sound, this group of sounds right. and this rule together. Mm-hmm. Then um, she couldn't put all those pieces together hmm. until we caught her processing up. Wow. So we mm-hmm. taught her a different way. And um, then we added the phonics back in. She had the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, we, we, 
parents will often just pick one side of the fence or other. But I love that example that you share that it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. It's just, you know, what's what's the underlying issue? And, right. And yeah. and fixing that so it's not a frustrating experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because oftentimes the children think that they're not very smart or there's right. something really wrong with them mm-hmm. when they can't get it. And and the parents get so frustrated. Right. You know, that's that's the thing. That's I guess that's basically where I was is mm-hmm. it was so frustrating to try to teach her because over and over and over, it was not getting there. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And again, it was because those foundations were not um, were not built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've talked about reading and we've talked about writing um, and we've talked about math. So I think we have a lot of the basis <laughs> covered there. Um, where else do you see struggles that neurodevelopmental strategies tend to to be helpful that mm-hmm. parents may not be thinking about? Yeah. Well, what comes to mind is um, <clears throat> where the child remembers something one day and not the next. Oh, that's a big one that we get questions from parents about. Very mm-hmm. frustrating, too. And both, for both the child and the parent. <laughs> exactly. Because the parent will say, you knew this yesterday. Right, right exactly. You know? <laughs> and the child's going, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's where some of the self-esteem issues come in as yes. well. Mm-hmm. So neurodevelopmentally, we look uh, for the where the storage of information is. Mm. So basically in neurodevelopment, um, the four steps to learning are receiving, that's getting the information in, mm-hmm. um, processing, that's your short-term memory, mm-hmm. and then uh, storage of information. If those three things are lined up, then utilizing or using information works well. But uh-huh. if there's glitches in one of those places, mm-hmm. there's challenges. Right. If there's glitches in all those places, oh yeah, <laughs> you see the compounding effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like so compound true. interest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. negative <laughs> version of that. Yes, <laughs> yes, it, it uh, multiplies the multiplies mm. the challenges. So um, that's why we encourage people to find out more information about this. And I, ju- mm-hmm. I guess I ought to mention that on YouTube we have, um, in Rumble, we have a channel Mm -hmm. called Brain Coach Tips. Yes. That's Mm -hmm. Brain Coach Tips. Mm -hmm. And um, there we have lots of discussions about uh, treating the root cause and, you know, difficulty Mm -hmm. in this area, what could cause that, labels, what could cause the symptoms of ADD and ADHD, mm-hmm. what could cause the symptoms of dyslexia? What we found is it's not just a, a genetic situation. It's like how the brain is organized. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I suppose, ha- like you said, culturally, we do certain things. And mm-hmm. in families, we do certain things too. And that causes us to replicate the organization of our brains to our kids. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. That's why some people say, well, it's just um, generational. It's, mm-hmm. it's genetic, mm-hmm. but you're, you're very uh, right. You know, grandmother did it this way. I mm-hmm. do it this way. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And you forget why you did it that way. It's just that everybody's done it that way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. So mm-hmm. going back to that, um, that inconsistent recall, frustrating yeah. for everybody. And um, what we found is that it has to do with dominance, like oh. what hand you're using to start mm-hmm. with. That's where we start with dominance is the hand. Mm-hmm. And what we found is some children that have been in a preschool situation, maybe they were switching back and forth. From one oh, hand to the okay. next, mm-hmm. and they were um, influenced to mm. be a certain hand, right? Where the hand is really genetically right or left, mm. 
if you if they're switching back and forth, which is totally um, typical for a young child, that's why putting right. them in preschool is not always a good idea because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know they're telling them to write things and stuff, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's well, when often curriculum is written so that mm-hmm. it's it's easier to read when you'd write with your right hand. We don't think about these these things, but yes, if you're they're influenced at an earlier age. That's going to choose that for them. You're right. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where you start with dominance. If there's some left-handed people in your family, so um, Mm. aunts, uncles, cousins, basically first cousins, Mm -hmm. grandparents, parents, if they're left-handed, there's a possibility that the child is genetically left-handed. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you you kind of want to watch for that. Mm. Um, if you have a younger child, put everything at the midline so that they're not influenced by the location. Right. You know, if you're always mm-hmm. putting some the crayons on the right side, they're typically going to not reach across, but just pick it up with the right. with uh, the right hand. Uh-huh. So um, writing utensils, cup. You know, anything that Hmm. even Legos, if you put them at the midline, you can start Hmm. to see uh, which hand is is genetically uh, supposed to be uh, correct. So um, if the child is mixed handed, that's an indication that those lower levels of the brain are not organized to the point to let the that dominance come out. Hmm. So that's why we do a lot of the lower level um, organization that Mm. happens more when you're um, a much younger child. And Mm. that, again, builds those pathways that we were talking about to begin with. Mm. And then um, after you determine the hand dominance, which sometimes um, you need some help with that, you know, from, Mm -hmm. from a professional, especially if they're older, I, mean, yeah, I, had a I was going to ask of, about that. What do you do if they've already kind of been forced and mm-hmm. then the struggle is there? <laughs> right, right. Well, just an example uh, from from what the work I've done. The uh, I had a 15-year-old one time hmm. <clears throat> that came to me. He was just had been struggled all his life with learning. Hmm. And we found out he was really supposed to be left-handed. And he was one of those that was hmm. told early, you know, no, it's easier, you know, to be right-handed. Well, yeah. it's only yep. easier if you're genetically if, supposed if, to be right-handed. Exactly. <laughs> so we actually switched his hand at wow. 15. Hmm. Yes, it, it's uh, it's obviously easier when they're younger. Yes, but uh, of retraining, I suppose. <laughs> yes, but it was amazing what happened with him. He hmm. just took off in learning, and wow. that took care of most of his learning challenges. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> so influencing the hand is real important not to do that hmm. <clears throat> as they're little. And then going through those developmental steps so that true dominance can come out. Hmm. Um, that's like a neurodevelopmentalist can help with that. And, okay. and the the um, great thing about um, the Internet and the, the technology we have now mm-hmm. is we can do virtual kinds of work. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm even working with uh, a group in Uganda wow. uh, right now virtually hmm. to uh, help. Because certain cultures, again, they do certain things that mm-hmm. um, discourage development, and mm. when you when you get that um, back, it it can be um, very wonderful. The results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after um, that hand dominance is established, you can look at the eye and the ear. So mm. to to help orient you there. Your um, one side of your brain is uh, controls the opposite side of your body. Mm-hmm. So your right hemisphere is going to control your left and your left hemisphere is going to control your right. Mm-hmm. So think of it this way. If you are um, right handed, your file cabinet um, 
that you look for things in is going to be on the left. Okay. And if you're left eyed and putting information on the other side, Mm. it's going to be a whole lot harder to find. Right. Yeah. So the analogy I have there is like if you had a filing cabinet and you put a picture of a giraffe in the second drawer of the filing cabinet. And mm-hmm. it is a really long filing cabinet. Okay. <laughs> okay. So your child says, I want to see the picture of the giraffe. And you go, okay, no problem. And you open the second drawer. And of course, the first thing you do is look for um, it under G for giraffe. Mm. It's not there. Hmm. And then you go, oh, it's probably under M for mammal. Mm, it's not there either, but you know it's in the second drawer. So you start searching and searching right. and searching. How time consuming, mm-hmm. energy expending, frustrating. Right. Yeah. Is it going to be to find that information? Mm-hmm. Well, I see two different personalities that have this issue. One mm. is going to dig and dig and dig. Right. Yes. The persistent ones. Yes. The others are going to say, it's too hard. I'm out of here. Bye, mom. Right. Yeah. They don't even Mm -hmm. want to try because it's so frustrating for them. Yeah. And so um, what we found is when you're all lined up on the same side as your dominant hand with your Mm -hmm. eye and your ear and your foot, Mm -hmm. it's more efficient to bring information out and most every time when we see parents say well they just you know it's such an ordeal because they've got it you know the light bulb went on right yeah the next day they just look at it like a cow at a new gate it's like what (laughs) so yeah that's what we found is the Mm, root that makes so much sense yes Uh Of that. So uh, finding the root cause of whatever the issue is, you know, like Mm -hmm. for for a lot of our kids, they're sensory um, sensitive. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like clothes just bother them. So they're just moving around all the time to try to get get the tags off. And yeah, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. So again, if we're expecting them to sit still and pay attention Mm-hmm. When their brain is getting this sensory overload that goes, all I can pay attention to is this. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you address that root cause, then you reduce that symptom. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it even goes away. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. So that's the exciting thing about neurodevelopment that, that I just love is... Mm. One, looking at the whole child instead of one specific thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you another example. In my case, yeah. my daughter was um, in speech all mm-hmm. of her life, you know, just, just about. Which is a, a typical thing for a lot of our community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were, the goal was to get her to talk in longer sentences, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, when I went to the neurodevelopmentalist, he said, she can only process three pieces of information. Oh. Now, how is she going to talk in five to eight word sentences right. if she can process at a three? Mm-hmm. So the whole thing about, you know, working with a speech therapist that's only working on let's lengthen the sentences. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. You have to work on the root cause Mm -hmm. of that, which is that short-term memory. Mm. If you're working on that, then your sentences just automatically get longer. Mm -hmm. It's pretty exciting how that that happens. That that is. And yeah, yeah, I think we always come at it from that top approach um, because, I mean, that's that's how the school system is, is set up. It's, it's an easier way to teach because if we came into a classroom of 30 kids and tried to get to the root of every child's issue, it, it's too, it's too difficult to do in that model. And so mm-hmm. the top-down approach is, is, you know, the, the typical education model, but as homeschoolers, we have this freedom to work with our kids individually and get down to these basics mm-hmm. that, um, 
that really will help them succeed and and soar and and like you said this connectivity and and just being able to to get that learning in and back out (laughs) yes that's the beauty of homeschooling i mean not only you know in the school uh oftentimes the iep says um more um one-on-one time right you know so they Mm -hmm. pull them out Right. Well, uh-huh. And that's what we've well, got all the time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, I mean, we don't have it all the time in mm. in a perfect world we yes. would, but yeah. we you know, homeschoolers have so many uh obligations during the yes. day. Uh-huh. But still you can carve out that time and mm. um have that one-on-one time with your child. And what I've found, Peggy, is mm. if a lot of parents are are just like fear and trepidation of homeschooling a special needs child. Mm-hmm. And it's really the best place for them to be. Yeah. If they're equipped, the parents just need to be equipped right. with what mm-hmm. to do. And the progress, what we've seen is they progress, you know, dramatically different mm-hmm. than if they're in the home in the, in a school setting. Um, one of my, the clients that I worked with, um, he came from a homeschool. I mean, he came from a public school and the family was not in the mind of homeschooling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I convinced him to do at least one year of homeschooling. We had the summer mm-hmm. and the school year and another summer. Uh-huh. And he went back to school and they put him, because he was labeled dyslexic, hmm. they put him back in the dyslexia class. Hmm. Um but they didn't retest him to see if oh. he really needed it. They hmm. just assumed that because he had dyslexia, right. he needed and he to was be... an older student and mm-hmm. it would, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that they uh, put him in there and the mom asked after several months, because um, he had done this, uh, you know, all the foundational kind of things mm-hmm. for that amount of time um, with brain sprints. And uh, when he went back to school, he was in this dyslexia class. The mom, after several months, said, um, I'd like to know how he's doing. Mm-hmm. And the teacher said, oh, he's doing fine. And she said, no, no, I, I want to really know what's right. going on. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and um, the teacher said, well, to be honest, I don't know for sure why he's in this class because mm. He, he's leading the way for all the other students. He's, mm. he's getting all of it. And so he had had that, that basis of phonics right. that was now released to be efficient mm. and to work for him in reading. So, yeah, um, yeah just, just being mm. equipped with the right thing, homeschoolers can make a major, major difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's it's it. It's being equipped. Um, and instead of, you know, just trying to, to do the same, the same things. And like we, we talked at the beginning, it doesn't take a lot of time either. Um, right. You're talking about just these, these short spurts, but, but that one-on-one and reinforcement and, and doing things alongside them, allowing them to just get the input. Um, and yeah, that's, that makes the world of difference. And we, we don't often think about that. We, we think, okay, I'm going to teach it and then it should just come out. And it doesn't always do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if we all get frustrated over it. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and again, the curriculums are built uh, with output. So yes, that's, that's a good point. What, mm-hmm. And so my motto is, if you don't like the output that you're getting from your mm-hmm. child, you gotta look at the input. Yes. So do they need mm-hmm. more? Do they need it differently? Mm-hmm. Or again, are one of these foundational things not working right so it can work well for can your child? Yeah. 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 An easy change is is just increasing the frequency of input. Um, mm-hmm. like you said, we can do the problems right alongside them. And if that solves it, that's an easy solution. Yes. Um and and yeah, but but, you know, doing a couple things like that and then saying, well, these aren't working. So there's got to be a route, something else 
to dig deeper with. And, and the tests that you offer on your website um, are really helpful that to help parents, you know, just to, to see what's going on. Because we, we tend to beat ourselves up and then we we say, well, it's our child's problem <laughs> or mm-hmm. our problem. And and then, yeah, it ends up being it's it's just a disconnect that we need to work with. Well, and another low cost thing that I was uh, thinking of, you know, so many therapies are so expensive. Hmm. Um, we came up with what we call a neurodevelopmental screening. Oh, and that's yeah. something we can do virtually or, mm-hmm. you know, at one of our locations. We've got, um, I go to Denton and uh, Conroe and close to Austin area. Okay, so all in Texas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all in Texas for the in-person and then virtually, we can also do a screening. But what mm-hmm. the screening does is help us identify some of the major uh, mm-hmm. root causes of, of challenges and give direction to the parent about what they can do to change those things. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something so um, yeah. that's on our website, too, under services. You might look mm-hmm. into um, screenings, neurodevelopmental screenings. Okay. And we also have consultation, free consultations for families that are just going, I don't know what to do. I don't know right, where to exactly. start. Which one we start? <laughs> you know, what, what is it that we need to um, look at or, mm-hmm. or um, pursue? And so right. we, have, uh, we have that option too uh, on brainsprints.com. You can get a free consultation to help kind of direct you where yeah. uh, where you can start just, mm-hmm. and sometimes we just send them back to those uh, the YouTube videos right. to get a yep. little bit more of mm-hmm. the um, the philosophy so that they know whether to uh, pursue something like this mm-hmm. yep. it just and for me it just lined up uh, mm-hmm. I mean it just made so much sense you right. you look at the whole child instead you know the tactile the auditory the visual the mm-hmm. language, the mobility, how, how uh, are they right. able to move? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that gives you the clues on where to start. Yeah, it's kind of like that stepping back and looking at the bigger mm-hmm. picture. We're, we're so close and we're so involved that we don't often do that. And there's where the frustration comes in because we, and to have us another person come in and do that with us is so helpful because then, then you can see it clear too, instead of, you know, bringing in, like I said, it's my fault. It's their fault. <laughs> well, maybe it's something that we don't have to point any fingers and we can work around this. And right. So, right. so yeah, it is, it is helpful to have that, that third person involved and to help evaluate. So, um, yeah. And like you said, you know, it isn't like a full neuropsych evaluation that costs thousands of dollars. Um, this is a very inexpensive option to start saying, well, there's something underlying here. Let's let's try to see what it is and um, how we can work around um, just, you know, um, with what we're doing at home. And right. instead of just putting a label on it and then still trying to do the same thing, <laughs> which which is usually the case. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, I actually have um, something on the YouTube that says to label or not to label. Because mm. some people are on the fence about that. You know, right. I was I was not really wanting a label for my daughter. I just wanted the, what was going to help her. Mm-hmm. And um, but the school that she was in at the time before I even knew about homeschooling Hmm. um, was saying, you know, if we get a a label, we'll probably be able to um, help her better. Well, Hmm. all the label did was discourage everybody and Hmm. bring low expectations. And I just, I just said, no, I'm not receiving that negative word over her life. I'm just going to do whatever I can to help her. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, Sometimes labels can be uh, very helpful if you need specific therapies that like insurance. Right. There is a place for that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. And then in some cases, it's just like, um, well, what some people are afraid of, they use it as a crutch. Mm -hmm. Um, The children that aren't as severe and they uh, are have... um, 
complicated issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just use it as a, as a crutch instead right. of pressing in. And, you know, um, what, what I want to do is help the families unlock the child's fullest potential. That's good way to put it. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I want to do. You know, whatever their potential is, we want to unlock mm-hmm. that to the yeah. to the best of um, the abilities. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So again, Jan's website is brainsprints.com. And then on YouTube, you said it's um, brain coach tips. Yes. Yes. And, um, and there'll, there'll be some other links. I'll share all of them down in the description of the, the YouTube video. And also on the, the podcast description so that you can get to those quickly because um, some of them have longer URLs. But but again, that um, on your main page down at the bottom, that's the auditory processing test. Is that correct? Yes. And actually, we've included um, the visual test in that. Okay. <clears throat> we do say uh, on there because auditory processing is kind of a buzzword these days Mm -hmm. you know people Mm -hmm. are starting to understand it when I first started nobody even uh, (laughs) knew what auditory processing was but now that it's gotten to this epidemic proportion Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and it has a label you know Mm -hmm. central auditory processing disorder you know they call it a disorder Uh then uh, we put that as the title but um, just so that you know there's a way to test for younger children and okay. even nonverbal children. Oh, that's good for to know. Mm-hmm. the auditory processing. So it it says it's the tiny tot um, test kit for the mm-hmm. auditory processing, um, but it's really for anybody that's nonverbal, even okay. if they're not um, mm-hmm. not a tot. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. and it will also have a visual um, mm. test kit too, so your visual short term memory. Can, mm. You can test both of those. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's that's very helpful. So, so yeah. Well, thank you, Jan, for all that you shared. I didn't even bother to look at my questions. You just kind of rolled right through. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, we covered um, what was needed. For, yes, for I'm sure we did. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. So many new new families homeschooling and asking, "What do I do?" and "How do I help my student?" and um, so much good wisdom that you have have learned and. Um, and I, you know, I know you've repeated these many times because they're 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 right there at the, the top of your your thinking about what parents need to hear. And um, so so thank you so much for um, for just taking time to to share with us um, and and just as an encouragement to, to parents that they can do this. Yeah, I think a lot of time that's that's the first you know, we got to get over that hurdle. That mm-hmm. um, it isn't as hard as well. Sometimes we make it, and um, and there may be some some simple things that we can do to make the road easier ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. They, you can do it, and mm-hmm. um, God is leading you. I just want you to know, yeah. you know, I I believe God is leading you, and some of these mm-hmm. circumstances that have happened that have caused you to be in this position to homeschool that you never thought you were going to be in. Right. Um, you know, he he's worked all this t- for good for mm-hmm. your child. Yes. Yeah. You're in the same boat as the majority of us. Um, <laughs> we're all reluctant homeschoolers when we have special needs children. <laughs> exactly. It seems that way. I don't think most of us actually said, yeah, I'm going to homeschool. That's that's my first choice. <laughs> but but it is it's a blessing. And, um, you know, looking back, you know, I'm sure same as you and me, you know, um, many families we've heard from said, I just would never do it any other way. So just Mm -hmm. want to encourage you if you're you're on the fence or um, just getting started, just know that you're in good company. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jan. I encourage all of you to um, to check out her website at brainsprints.com, um, where she has even more things to share with you. And um, <laughs> if you just search Dr. Jan Bedell on the Sped Homeschool website, you're going to find some 
amazing articles that Jan has written. He, she contributes about every every other month. So we've got a lot of really good content from her and um, just always, I, I read through them before they even get published and and I learn learn more each time too. So, so thank you, Jan, for all that you do um, to just inspire and um, encourage as well as equip um, homeschooling families with struggling learners. It's my pleasure and honor and privilege. Mm. Yeah. And thank you for your friendship. I've <laughs> that's that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and I just want so, to thank what? So glad God put us together. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we're we're glad that all of you have joined us today and are um, listening to these empowering homeschool conversations. And we thank you for joining us on this episode. Just know that we have a lot more resources at SPED Homeschool that we make available to families home educating um, students with learning struggles. And um, you can check that out on our website at spedhomeschool.com and or podcast. Um, empowering Homeschool Conversations can be found on just about any platform out there that podcasts can be found on. And um, and then join us again next time. Um, next week, we are going to be talking at the same time, um, same locations, um, about using library resources to homeschool. And so just some different ways you can use those free things that you pay for through your taxes <laughs> to, to homeschool your, your students. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. So So thanks all for joining us. And thanks again, Jan. It was a pleasure having you back on the show. And um, yeah, and we'll see you all next week right here. Bye, everybody. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.